Revolting is a production of the Cycling Independent, with support from our generous subscribers and from Shimano North America. with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 104, The Universe is 68% Dark Energy. Uh, content warning. When entropy finally snuffs out the last heat of the universe, it becomes unmanageably vast waste container, vast container of nothing. No one will care that we said bad words and made fart jokes, but until... Then you should consider yourself warned. This is adult content, weirdly. Uh, or those with sensibility, sensitive sensibilities should take a hike. It's content for childish adults. How's content that? Content for childish adults. I'll take it. Uh, yes, uh, this is the 104th episode of the Revolting Podcast. I'm Steve. Well, that's Robot. Uh, we're both in questionable moods this morning. Uh, had to jump. <clears throat> I kind of had to jump ahead. We're not on a regular schedule because I'm leaving town early tomorrow morning and then we we're not going to be able to record. So we had to double up and life got in the way a little bit for both of us. You with actual things and me <laughs> just because I coughed and pulled a muscle in my back. Did you really? Uh huh. Um, and it's right under my left scapula and it's the one part of my body that I physically am unable to reach. Mm. So to put on some like pain relieving cream, can't do it. Mm. I was thinking about like smearing some on a door frame and using the door frame to rub. Like this is the peril, one of the perils of being, being alone in life is that for, I don't for have. For all of the benefits, sometimes you end up smearing icy hot on the door jam. I don't have, I don't have a second set of hands and that, you know, like <clears throat> that was, that was one of the first things I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like I just like, I'm totally, you know, wind up in the ER, got nobody to call. There's like some heavy shit like that. But then, then you're like, I just need somebody to rub some fucking night and some Bengay on my back and I can't, <laughs> can't do it. Or you put it on a towel and you're like whipping it onto your back over your shoulder I'm, sh I'm pretty sure donkey Loke Greg would come over and lay hands on you. No, he wouldn't. Those, those, no, he wouldn't. those, those strong fucking meat paws, meat paws. He's got, he looks like he's got gorilla hands, like albino gorilla hands. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what are we, uh, what are we doing? How, what's happening? What's happening in your world this week? Um, well, let's put let's um, put some context around this thing. It is Saturday today. We're working on the weekend, not for the weekend, on the weekend, because that's, that's the right. kind of proactive professionals we are, mm -hmm. is that you are going out of town uh, to the to the Bay Area. That's uh, right. Uh, all of your friends who don't know you're coming won't know you're coming but this show will come out after you've come back and they'll be like, what the fuck? Why didn't homie didn't yeah. call me? Yeah. I'm not calling anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time people are hearing this, Thanksgiving will have happened. Uh-huh. And um, that's on Thursday. I think that right? usually is so. always on Thursday. Yep. It's always on, okay. on a third, every Thursday we have it. Um, it's my favorite holiday. If I'm if I'm honest with you, I don't care if that's corny. I like to cook. Uh, and so and I like I like any food based holiday or event. Yeah, the whole notion of like honkies came to native land and made friends and they oh, had yeah. a meal and like that. I don't really buy much of that. I mean, no, I don't buy much of that. But the idea of like. I mean, I'll, I'll one up your corniness and say that every day is a good day to have a Thanksgiving because you have whatever bounty in your life or anything to be grateful for. Not a bad idea to have an annual reminder to fucking 
<laughs> surround yourself with family yeah. and, you know, like the notion of, uh, man, I can walk. Somebody posted a comment on something I was lamenting and my, um, I was lamenting my various injuries and such. And I don't, I, I have to paraphrase what they said, but they said, you got hurt doing shit that is rad. You got hurt having fun. Like better to get hurt having fun than to get hurt. Like I slipped on the kitchen floor and at a job I hated and dropped a, a pan of water on me and, you know, like blew my knee out, whatever. And point taken. Uh, that's something to be grateful for that even though I might be marginally disabled, it's because of living a full existence and I'm kind of the pilot of that ship. So I was driving my kid and another kid to a kid thing this morning and we passed by a small local college. Now this is Boston. So you're always basically passing a college anywhere you go. And this college was having some kind of event. Now it's dark and a little cold and rainy here today, but out in front, like right on the main drag where you drive by, like not even up at the college, but like right out on the main drag, there were some kids, young kids, and they had pom poms, goddamn pom poms. Uh, And they were just like cheering basically at passing cars. Hmm. And I was like, oh, man. And my kid was like, it is a rough morning uh, to be standing out in the rain with pom-poms. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we drive a little bit further and there's a little um, construction detail. And there's a dude, I can see him just from the um, chest up because he's standing in a hole with a shovel. Um, And there's like a back hose all surrounding him, but he's down in the hole with the shovel and it's raining and it's not warm. And I was like, would you rather be standing out on the road with the pom poms or in the hole with the shovel? And my kid was like, definitely in the hole with the shovel. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, well, on one hand, I expect he's probably getting paid for that job. On the other hand, the kids with the pom poms are just doing it just because they're exuberant. And to have that, to have that kind of passion or like, uh, go get uh, that feel, that feel, I think that seems like that would feel pretty good. I think so. I think the kids with the pom-poms were there with other kids. They were having a laugh. The guy with the shovel was clearly just waiting until he could, um, smoke a cigarette. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think it said more about my kid's level of exuberance. That he was like, yeah, I'd rather be the guy with the shovel. <laughs> so that's something he and I will. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like uh, that sounds, those are the words of somebody who's never had to dig a gigantic hole before. I did say that to him. I was like, <laughs> I don't think you've ever dug a hole that deep. He goes, he's like, oh, I don't think it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sir. And it only gets harder. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I like I just think like, well, you know, it would be good to get a paycheck. I like, you know, I'll do anything for money, obviously. Uh, but, uh, that's a sad commentary by itself. I'm gonna go, I'll fucking take the cut and a weekly paycheck and say, I would go with the pom poms personally. Yeah. 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 I, what if <clears throat> pom poms paid half as much as shoveling? You'd still go for pom poms, right? Oh, Cause you'd be like sure. paid for pom poms. Holy shit, yeah. I would do so many things with pom-poms for half the pay of digging a hole in the rain. Yeah. And, you know, you do go with that or go with that how you will. Uh, so whatever. It's uh, today, and we are early, and you have shout-outs. Have we covered all the things? I think we've covered it. Oh. No. No, we haven't. Here's the thing I've been thinking about. Um, so my friend Kristen Farrell, she's an artist and Southern Californian. I think she's like my first MySpace friend. And I think also she might be the first person I ever talked to on a cell phone. Oh my God. Um, We've we've been friends for a long time, but uh, it's occurred to me, like, I don't know artists. And right now is the first time in my life I've ever considered myself an artist. When I, if I say, they say, what do you do? And I say, ah, I make, I make stuff. (laughs) 
like I'm a maker, I make pictures, I draw pictures or whatever. Like that whole notion of I'm an artist that's for people who go to Burning Man and I don't, I don't align myself with artists. And I think artists just in general are fucking kooks. So, um, uh, I don't know any, I, the artists I knew in the Bay area were people that I had decades of relationship with. And I don't know people, really anybody here who makes stuff. Um, so you're saying you don't know artists in Bellingham. You're not saying you don't know artists because I no, can I know, name like three people you know who the, are artists. Yeah, I know artists all over the place, but I don't have yeah. a community. I don't sit and talk yeah. about yeah. like process or, you know, like, but I also like don't particularly care for if I moved to a new place, I wouldn't go looking for group rides so I could meet other cyclists because I don't really like cyclists either. There was a time in my life where I was going to just stop riding bikes and I was going to stop making art because cyclists are dorks and artists are dorks. And I was going to do, I was going to build model cars and I was going to do karate. And I was like, Oh, I'm just switching one like cerebral tactile type a activity for another and one physical type a or one physical activity for another. And I realized there's probably like knuckleheads in karate and there's probably knuckleheads in model building. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to get away from like the nerds. And I realized like, Oh, well actually like a lot of people that I know that I really enjoy, I know through cycling, but that's like the last thing we talk about or the last thing we do together. And it's the same with, it's the same with artists. Anyway, being in being in a environment or being in a community where I don't know artists, I realize how little there's no art appreciation taught in school. Um, how 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 rare it is for like a, a normal person to know somebody who makes stuff. And I've been had this line of questioning recently, where like, why do you so why do you why do you do that? Why do you make art? And like. Why, why is, where does that question even come from? Like you are so, you are so outside of my realm that you wouldn't understand why I paint or why anybody, why do you make ceramics? Do you need, do you need pots and plates? And so you're just making them. Why you, why do you make prints? It's really bizarre. And it's kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, yeah, why do I why do I do this? Why, why do you write if nobody's reading what you write? Why do you draw if nobody's seeing what you draw? And then I had, I'm doing an edition of prints of, of this one drawing. Yes. And, and, uh, and my friend Dirty Randy said, are you paying for them? And I was like, what? A fucking course I am like, this is a service, but it's like an exceptionally expensive service. These are like museum quality prints. And I, and he said, well, I don't really know anything about the art world. And I'm just thinking like, what do people think I do? You know, like <laughs> what is the, what are other people's perspective of, of the creative process? And then I was kind of, and then I went back to like, oh, people just, the only reason people ask me to do animal portraits is because they, I'm the only person they know who paints. Right. Like that has to be it. It wasn't that they are especially fond of my work or maybe they are, but they just like, well, you, you paint like here, do it. I want to end up painting of my cat or a painting of my dog. When I have this whole other body of work and this whole other motivation. And it's just like, that's the lowest common denominator. And I don't know, this is something that I've been thinking about this week and you maybe have some way of responding or not, but as before we get to shout outs, that's what's been on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is always sort of on my mind, probably in the same way it's on your mind, because I write and 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 I write, and I write for like, I write in a lot of different places. I make words. I make words. I make words for people. I make words for myself. I write the fucking notes for this thing. Um, Shout out me for a new content warning every week. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, um, so I think about this. I'm like, why? How? There's th like, I've had times in my life where I had jobs that paid proper money. And I was like, mm, nah. 
nah, I'm going to go do this thing that where I'm unappreciated and constantly frustrated. I prefer that. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that I do it because I have to do it. Like something inside me just makes me have to do it. But I sure do like it an awful lot. I don't know. And then it seems a little bit like um, presumptuous to be like, I like doing this. People should pay me more for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, but on the other hand, this is another perspective that I was sharing with my wife the other day. We were talking about and I don't want to like go down a whole weird rabbit hole on this, but we were talking about artificial intelligence. My wife works in technology um, where artificial intelligence is doing is able to do a bunch of useful things that people don't want to do. And that's great. And she's very much of the mind like we have to be talking about AI all the time so that we don't fuck it up. Now, as a creative person, I'm like, here's my problem with artificial intelligence. Now, all of us, people like me and Steve and others are constantly, constantly, constantly putting creative energy into the world. And everywhere you look, whether it's a fucking pizza box or like a museum exhibit or the icons on the desktop on your laptop or the top of the tip top, wherever you look, there's art, there's design, there's creativity. We just expect it to be everywhere. We want everything to look good. But we don't want to give creative people respect. We don't think they should earn a living. And an AI is this way that people who don't value creative people are just like, well, let me, you know what? I've been paying you shit, but I would rather cut that line item out of my budget even though it's a fucking paltry sum already, I would rather cut that out of my budget than see the people who actually put this beauty, uh, this meaning into our lives and into our world. I'd rather, I'd rather just find a way around them than to compensate them or respect them in any real way. And I, I don't know how I got up on that high horse so quickly uh, just now, but well, it's something that you and your partner were talking about, and it's something that is clearly on your mind, and it's kind of a, a you know adjacent to what I just brought up. It's just it's just people not understanding, you know. It's all it all boils down to money. So, do you make money doing that? You know, right. when I got my new studio, the guy who I had to get uh, I had to get some kind of insurance, what uh, like uh, liability insurance. I had to get a real basic liability insurance policy. <clears throat> when uh before I started using the space, which I thought was weird, you know, but I'm in a commercial space, and I guess if somebody trips, they don't sue the building owner or whatever. So the guy's like, "So what do you do?" And I said, "I'm a painter." And he's like, "Okay, so is that like graphic design?" I'm like, "No, it's like painting, like painting pictures." Okay, so uh, is that like a, are you an illustrator? I'm like, "Well, sometimes I do that." And he's like, "You could tell he's going down this check this list of." boxes like okay so how much do you make a year well sometimes a lot sometimes not a lot you know i don't know i don't know i don't i I, so do you make a living doing this like it all boils down to commerce it all boils down to capitalism and 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 so do what sir on the other end of this phone call what do you do to feel complete what drives you? What inspires you? Do you make a living doing that? Can we talk about that? Or is this something that like, it's just so out of the realm of possibility for you to understand that someone does something that fulfills them, that doesn't equate a paycheck to a paycheck. And, and, and the more I'm around non-artists, now I understand I was in the Bay area for 32 years. I went to school there. I went to art school. So a lot of people I knew um, uh, were either involved in art in some way. We went to school together. They continued making art, continued having shows, figured out a way to make a living because that's a, it's a foolish, 
fool's errand, maybe is the term, like to try to pursue a career in art. I just, if it works for you, that's great, but it's just such a fucked up industry. And I only had a short peek behind the curtain and it's grim. You know, anybody who, the guy who owns the bar, uh, sort of introduced me to this woman who, who lives in town, who's a really successful painter. She's got gallery representation. She has a rep. She sells her paintings for gobs of money. And that's awesome. I'm really curious to ask her, um, like, what happens when you evolve? What happens when your style changes? Because the, you know, the foundation of the creative process is, is evolution. You're not going to be doing the same thing in 10 years that you are now. And what if your rep or your gallery and they're just like, I don't know, that's just not really our bag. You're all your, your patrons, the people who collect your work, they're not into your new shit. Then what? We were, you know, we so, liked the green things you did. We don't like the purple things. What yeah, the fuck? Exactly. And so you tend to, you know, intentionally or not, you tend to kind of become stifled. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, I, I like I'm just dipping a toe into a community where I can I can just pick people's brains and uh, and and being around other people who make stuff it it opens your sort of takes your blinders off and I realize that I have been so isolated for so long that I'm not influenced by anyone and nothing feels really complete for me right now um again i know it's kind of a contradiction because on one hand i'm saying i don't really like being around artists but on the other hand i really like being around artists i like to be around i just can't <laughs> seem to find them i want to say two things the first thing is i don't think it's that you don't like artists or cyclists or any other labeled person you don't like dickheads and there are dickheads in each of those buckets and so that's fine oh it's just so there's so much entitlement and it's so self-important and like yeah i, just, I don't know i just, just like normal people and if you're a normal person and you ride bikes awesome if you like what's this there's this sticker that was going around for a long time it said i love skateboarding but i hate skateboarders yeah like there's so <clears throat> there's so much truth to that. For the things that I love, there are so many people involved in the things that I love that I just don't click with. You know, not to say they're kooks or they're assholes. I just I throw the term around uh, too much, but I just don't click with them. And and I yep. I miss. I guess I miss that. I don't know. So that's the thing that I've been thinking about this week. There's not really any answer to it one way or the other. It's just been something on my mind. The second thing that I wanted to say was this whole line of conversation started with you saying you talked to your friend Kristen Farrell. Mm -hmm. But then we didn't. Is this what you were talking to her about? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's a she's a person in my community. She's an yeah. artist whose respect, whose work I respect and whose drive is enviable. Um She's a really interesting person, grew up in Lawrence, Kansas, lived and lived a pretty hard life until she was in her late teens and then went on to pursue a career in art and um, uh, got pregnant with the kid and lived in a haunted house and then met her current husband and moved to Southern California. And he's sort of a punk rock superhero and he plays bass for the adolescents and he was oh. an F minus and leftover crack. And he's a sweet, sweet man who just is tied in with everybody. And I love their family so much. Um, but we like Kristen and I talk about all kinds of stuff. And <clears throat> and and uh, I I am aligned with her. I'm envious of her drive and I'm aligned with her perspective socially and politically and artistically. And I just think that she's sort of a force of nature, but she is like also struggles to figure out how to make a living. You know, she's got a secondary job, which is not a side hustle. It's a full fucking job on its own. She's, you know, she's just, She's hyperactive and has, uh, I guess, a reserve of energy. Um, but I really like her work and I like her as a person and I like her family. And it's nice to have someone to kind of riff on or with, riff with. Yeah, that is cool. That is That's cool. That's why I, I brought her up. 
I mean, I feel like we have, I'm not friends with Kristen, obviously, but I feel as though you and me and this show, like there are all these little nodes of connection, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that brings in people like Mickey Vukovic, who is a great photographer, a legendary photographer, but never talks really about, doesn't really say much about photography. No. (laughs) He just wants to talk about bikes. (laughs) I fucking hate it. All I want to do is talk with him about photography and music and so many things that he's been involved with. I don't give a shit about bikes. I don't. And that's the thing. It's like bikes have brought so many people into my life, really amazing people. And I do take that for granted. And it's good to periodically recognize it. But the last thing we talk about ever is is bikes. It's it's like it's not a it's a foundational thing, but but it's way off in the distance. Right. But there's, but we have these people around us, right? Kristen, our friend Bob Scales, who does, uh, who makes shirts, like he's making things that are interesting. You got Chris McNally. Um, our lives are full of these people. We're going to get, we'll get to this more in the meat, in the meat of the show. The meat. Oh, okay. I haven't even looked at what we're talking about today. It'll be That's the tomatoes and the pickle. Maybe the music pick is the tomato and pickles. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's Look. the top top of the sandwich. Okay, I haven't looked at the notes, so I don't even really know what we're talking about. But if it has anything to do with this, I jumped the gun some. That's okay. I mean, I think it's all good. Um, it's good that we're on the same wavelength. Actually, it's probably to neither of our advantage that we're on the same wavelength, except when we talk to each other. Anyway. Shoutouts this week, Charlie Brown, Linus, Lucy, Peppermint, Patty, Marcy Schroeder, Pigpen, and the rest of the Peanuts. Gosh, those little rascals. This time yeah. of year, I just find them so... Mm. So I shout was out never, to- I was never opposed to, the thanks- of a Thanksgiving, to a Thanksgiving dinner of, consisting of jelly beans and popcorn. Like, oh. that always seemed like a totally desirable directive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also if anybody knows Willie K. Bullion, who does, uh, Jesus, he's been, he was involved with Bontrager when Bontrager was in Santa Cruz and he's worked at Santa Cruz bikes. He's a sculptor, uh, furniture maker, motorcycle designer. The guy's multifaceted and extremely gifted, but he runs the warranty department at Santa Cruz bikes now. And he is to my mind, kind of who Pigpen would be when he grew up. He's not dirty, but he always looks kind of dirty. Yeah. And he's kind of disheveled, and he's got the whole Dr. Bunsen honeydew thing with the glasses. You can't really see his eyes. Yep. He's just fucking cool. He's just cool, and he's smart, and and uh, I always sort of like he and Pigpen are like, you know, aligned spirits. Yeah. I but think they walk. The peanuts walk among us. Willie, right, let- Willie, Willie's a lot cleaner. <laughs> just say that. Uh, so, okay, yeah, let's music pick. Music pick. My pick this week is uh, the Nod record, Just Say No to the Psycho Right-Wing Capitalist Fascist Industrial Death Machine. Now, the real reason I'm picking this record is that I've picked two other Nod records. And Nod is G-N-O-D for you people who are Googlerizing this stuff right now. Um, G-N-O-D. Um, I... And we'll, we can talk, we'll talk about more about this in a few minutes, but I love Nod so much. And uh, uh, there's, um, there's a thing with music picks where you say ones wh- which are pretty obvious, right? Like, I don't think anyone who listens to the Plosives record is going to be like, what? This is crazy. It's, this is no good. <laughs> right? It's like, right. it's like jelly beans and popcorn, the Plosives record. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Nod people would listen and go, what are these people doing? But the thing is, I've already recommended two of their records. I love them so much. I love them so much. And I'm afraid that people are like listening one time and being like, nope, this band isn't for me. And I just think like, just stick at it another half minute and you're going to understand how genius this music is. So I'm picking a third Nod record. I've picked Hexen Valley. I picked their live record at the Roadburn Festival. 
This record is from like 2016 or 17. Just say no to the psycho right-wing capitalist fascist industrial death machine. Nod has a whole vibe, a whole ethos. It's sort of this uh, anarchist, uh, psychedelic noise rock collective. Man, it's just, just listen to it, goddammit. That's my music uh, pick. Okay. Uh, with three, three, three for three, if people haven't gotten on the Nod wagon, the Nod train yet, uh, you're probably not gonna. Um, I will fight gonna, you. No, Sorry. all the way down the dial to the other end of the dial, uh, and I'm gonna pick the newest uh, Budos Band record. Is it Budos out? Band? Yep, it's a uh, uh, Frontier's Edge. It just came out. I got it on bright blue vinyl. So good. It's a Did six you get song that Ritual e- Records from Corey. Nope. No, no, I didn't have the seventy-five dollars to pay for a record at the record store. Oh, I bought it from the band. Um, it comes out on Diamond West Records, though, which I don't know anything about them. They have um, historically put records out on Daptone. So this is a departure, and I don't know why. I don't know anything about uh, uh, Diamond West, um, and if this is like a one-off thing. But if you know about the Budos Band, then you uh, love you love the Budos Band. They're like a fucking nine piece 12 piece uh, like doom funk ensemble um horn section no vocals huge horn section uh congas drummer big fuzzy bass it's just it's funky and it's rhythmic and it's groovy and it it's like everything you want to listen to if you were in a 1970s car chase and uh yeah the frontier's edge is money so you like the budos band you probably already got this and i'm just preaching to the choir the i i always every time i listen to budos band i think there's too many guys for this these guys to make any money (laughs) (laughs) yeah i wonder like what their fucking tours gotta be like they're yeah. so cool. They're so they're such good dudes. Like as near as I can tell, in any exchange, I did a video. Uh, I made a video uh, t- the three years ago, and I used one of their songs as a soundtrack and reached out to them, and they were like, "Fucking sick!" Like that song is perfect for it. You know, you run with it, blast it all over the place. And you know, I'm not making any money on the video, so they didn't expect to make any money from me. But just like good solid people and i love having exchanges like that with people who whose output i so appreciate they could play madison square garden fill it and each walk away with bus fare that's how many people are in that band (laughs) there are there are a lot of of people yeah uh, yeah I saw an interview with them. I think their drummer didn't even play drums when they started playing together. I think somebody met him at a party and he was playing air drums to a Metallica song. Oh, I think wow. that's how the story goes. And they're like, hey, do you play drums? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, I play air drums, but I put them somewhere and I can't find them now. It was that kind of a thing. Huh? And they were right. like, well, fuck, man, you like you got a good vibe. I don't never let the never let the facts get in the way of a good story. I could be making all of this up, but I I feel like I read that somewhere. I like it. Uh, I like Budos it. Band. So Budos Band nod. Uh, let's get to a word from a sponsor. We'll be right back. Revolting is brought to you in part by Shimano North America and their new 105 12 speed mechanical group set. Over the last few seasons, the refined ergonomics and technology of their Dura-Ace and Altegra groups have arrived at the affordable 105 level. 12 speeds smooth out Shimano's already category-leading shifting technology, and the new 105 is reliable, simple to use, and easy to maintain. Available with either an 1134T or 1136T cassette paired with either 5034T or 5236T chainrings, 
riders can climb more comfortably with an efficient cadence and still have big enough gears to prevent spinning out mid-descent or when sprinting on the flats. And we're back. And we're back. Once daylight has been saved and the sun sets a half an hour before it rises, it can be pretty hard to stay motivated and moving in the right direction, but there are secret pockets of energy in the universe that will carry you through that blessed day when the clocks spring forward and the trees get their leaves back and your soul stops feeling like it's been cast into a dungeon of sorrow. Oof. That's the fucking truth. It is perpetually, like, I make this joke a lot. When you... When your life is in such upheaval and you are prone to fits of depression, moving to a place where the sun shines about 45 minutes a day is not advisable. All right. And granted, it's been two and a half years that I've been here and I'm in a much better place than I was then. But holy shit, this constant like 430 in the evening kind of daylight yeah. Thing. I had I've had two times where I woke I fell asleep, like I get home from whatever and I fall asleep in the, my single guy chair or on the floor or wherever. And I wake up and I have I think like, oh, I guess it's time to make coffee and get on with the day. I can't tell if it's seven o'clock today. I can't tell if it's seven o'clock tomorrow. Got a text from my mom one time and I was like, Why the fuck is she texting me at six thirty in the morning? Like something bad has got to happen. So I called her right back and she was like, oh, I just wanted to let you know that what the doctor said I'm going to live or whatever this call, whatever the text was about. <laughs> yeah. And I had to say, is it morning time right now or is it nighttime? Like, I don't, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a calendar. Even if I have a calendar, I don't know what date it was to begin with. I, it, that doesn't help me at all. Like, it's just constant. How do people in Scandinavia do it or Alaska? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't help that you and I are sleepwalking most of the time. So that's one problem, and we can set that aside. You should get that's a 24-hour clock so you're not so confused, but a digital 24-hour clock, just to be clear. Um, uh, the other issue isn't just that the sun is setting so early. It's that the sun is lower in the sky, so even when it's up, it's kind of not very bright. And then mm -hmm. you have like, we've had rain and it's been overcast and it's, I kind of have this feeling like it's, it's, it's like six o'clock in the morning all day. And then it mm -hmm. gets dark. <laughs> mm -hmm. No amount of coffee can resolve any of this stuff. It's, it's brutal. It I'm, is. So t I'm so tired all the time. I can't. The other night, Here's, I think I told you about this. I was, I've been working like really, really long hours and, and you say, oh, well, you're just painting. You're not really working that hard or whatever. Like I'm, I've been in my studio for 10 to like eight to say eight to 14 hour days. And this has been going on for weeks. Uh, the other night I went upstairs, I drank a can of beer and I came home. And I'm standing at the kitchen sink. I've got this little neoprene bag that I put cables and like batteries, external batteries and, you know, like, like my, what a fucking device cord bag. And I kept, I kind of like come to, and I'm standing there with a measuring cup and I'm pouring water into it. Oh yeah. You said you did. You told this on the last podcast. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. like, like it just absolute exhaustion. There was a whole carotid artery thing going on with me too, but, um, uh, I tried, like, no matter what I do, I try to get sleep. I try to rest. I try to relax. I try to recover. And I just, I'm just in this fucking haze. Like, my memory is faltering. It's gnarly. Yeah, I think this is part of the reason I brought this show up is because since Daylight Savings, I've felt really fucked. And I had some COVID or something, so that didn't help. It was a bad coincidence, like, to get COVID right around the the time change but um <clears throat> i was thinking about all of this because last night i ordered a couple pizzas wife and i got in the car good to go get the pizza she's like let's stop so i can get some wine so we stop and get wine 
while she was getting wine, I went in and bought a bunch of potato chips and some seltzers and stuff. So we're cruising around. I got I got nods live at road burn on. I'm in a I'm in a hard groove behind the steering wheel. Car smells like pizza. Mm. I just felt like there was this moment of light and love in the whole world. All I needed was to be with my my person with some hot pizza and some good music. Like this is the level of my life. I, I don't need a pile of cocaine and a room full of um, escorts. I don't need that. I just need some hot pizza, my best girl, a cold seltzer, some heavy grooves. Fuck, I was so good. I was like so fired up last night. I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about energy tomorrow on the podcast with Steve. We're going to talk about all this energy that's available to us. And then I woke up this morning and I had 1,700 things to do. And I got so fucking pissed off. Um, the You're like, thing, man, fuck that optimist I yeah, was yesterday. That I don't guy know who sucks. that fucking guy even was. I said to Brittany, my wife, the other day, I was like, I don't sleep anymore. What I do in the time when other people are sleeping, I go out and I have like a, I consult with sleep. So like we turn the lights off and then basically I walk over to where sleep is and I'm like, all right, sleep, um, you know, what do you got tonight? Can we work this thing out together? And sleep is like, I don't know, man. Uh, you said like three things yesterday that were not good <laughs> and you should think about those. And I'm like, come on, sleep. I just need eight hours, six hours, maybe like, what can you give me? And sleep's like, I tell you what. I'll give you two hours and then you'll snore so loud you wake yourself up and then you'll go pee on your foot <laughs> in the dark in the bathroom and then you'll kind of clean that up and you'll climb back into bed and then let's talk again. And I feel like that's just what sleep is for me now. It's just a yeah. constant negotiation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's compromise. Yeah. You want, you want eight hours? Uh, you're really, you know, you're like, you'll, you'll, we can level at six Tell you what I'm going to do. Give you 45 minutes and then you pull a muscle under your scapula coughing. Okay. Does that sound good? Because that's what I'm giving you. And then you fuck it. You're fucked. Yeah. Like that's, it's, 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 it sucks. It sucks. I swear to God, I think if I got, if I just got eight solid hours at one time, I feel like I'd live forever. <laughs> but at this point, I'm just like, I'm just a wreck. Um, my, uh, I had a shrink. I was seeing this new somatic therapist for about a year, um, early on in my, in my tenure here in Washington state. And I said, I just feel like I'm dropping the ball. Like I'm just fucked. I got, you know, like I'm tired in the day, but I can't sleep cause there's so much shit to do. And she's like, look, man, it's winter time up on this part of the hemisphere. Like mammals rest you're you're supposed to rest you're putting all of this pressure on yourself to constantly produce there's got to be something there's always something to do there's always going to be something to do but you are like carrying this weight on your shoulders constantly and i try to remind myself of that but still it's like my body could go back to sleep right now for for a couple hours like i'm ruined right now Mm. but my brain will not fucking allow it. And my brain and my body are at odds a lot. I always thought it was really interesting, very elementally um, as an aside, your brain tells your body, put a ton of alcohol in you and this is fun and just keep doing it. And then finally your body goes, Oh, you know what? Fuck you. And then throws it all back up. Like <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, the brain occupies the body, but they are not always on the same page. No. And so now my body is just like, dude, leave me alone. Stop it. But my brain's like, no, come on. We got to charge. You know, yeah. somebody else is going to get ahead. There's a, there's a, a $50 payday out there for you somewhere. <laughs> like you got, you know, it's yeah. fucking not, it's maddening. It is maddening. It is. Um, yeah, 
And that's certainly true. Like in the summertime, it can be after dinner, 7, 7.30. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to mow the lawn. I'm going to knock that off. Not that I have, like it takes six and a half minutes to mow my lawn, but I'm going to mow the lawn. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm going to like sit out on the back thing and read a book until the light goes away at 8.30 or 8.45. Whereas now it, I'm like, it's five o'clock. I'm fucking done. I can't even cook. Let's get takeout and go to bed. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, vitamin D supplements. That's real big. Oh, I'm taking uh, them. I think I needed, I think I just needed to like charge through the whole bottle today. And I got a sad light, which lives in my, in my studio now, but like, yeah, I got, I got a sad light. I got to get that out and start shining in my stupid eyeballs. Yeah. I don't know if it, I don't know if it works, but, uh, anything, anything got to help at this stage. Uh, so question one, tell us about your seasonal affective disorder and how, or how, and, or how <laughs> you avoid falling into the dark pit. Uh, I don't I know. I think we both this, just fall into the dark pit. Let's just this, skate past this question. <laughs> this year is already presenting itself to be a real challenge. I don't I, know. I, um, so my mom, I was at, I was late for this podcast because I was down at my mom's. My mom lives five minutes down the hill. Uh, she has long COVID. She's 80 and has long COVID. And what I've learned over the period of her having long COVID, she's, she's, has seasonal affective disorder per permanently, basically. But it, what I've learned is that if she doesn't eat breakfast, which she often won't do on her own because she's so wiped out when she wakes up. So if she doesn't eat breakfast, her day is just fucked. But if if I can get food in her early, then she has a shot at some having some kind of day. And my sister-in-law and I take turns. We take poorly organized turns feeding my mom. And I was out doing this thing with, I was out looking at, um, guys standing in holes with shovels this morning with my kid. When I checked in on my mom and my mom was like, I feel terrible. I've been asleep in my chair since I woke up. And I was like, Oh, and then steve was like, Hey, aren't we recording this morning? And I was like, I gotta make <laughs> sausage and English muffin for an old lady. And then, um, I got to move on. But in some way, this is all depressing, but it's also, <laughs> or maybe, no, maybe that's it. That's the end of the story. No. Um, at, the, at the same, no. Hang at on a minute. The, at the same time. At the same time, having to do all of this shit uh, saves my life, Right. Like I woke up this morning at 630. It's Saturday. It's, it's Saturday. I was like, ah, oh, I got a belly full of pizza. We, oh, you know what? We made fucking chocolate chip cookies yesterday. We made them. Oh, man. Uh, so I had a belly full of pizza and chocolate chip cookies. And I was like, ah, oh, Friday night getting in bed. Yeah, I'm going to hunker down, sleep in tomorrow. Sleep in meant 625. Sweet. We'll so I, I got up at 625 and I was at 625. I got to say, I'm pretty psyched for the coffee, hot coffee. Mm -hmm. But then after the second cup of hot coffee di disappears, I'm like, well, there's my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, feel, it feels good to have stuff to do. But when you're so out of gas, you just can't like. Ah, man, I, I honestly, I might I might go back to bed after we get done recording. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I think it gets easier in my memory it gets easier as the season goes but the beginning of this season is considerably harder than i remember it being in months yeah. past in years past i agree with that i agree with that but what and and we're wallowing in it today we're really we're really but we're also uh, trying to in in wallowing we're trying to find an answer Right. So what are the things I was thinking? This is what this was my mo motivation because I was listening to this nod record. I was so stoked. I had my pizza and I was like, what what are the things? And I was like, well, I got to get my sad light out, of course. But I also got to um, go ahead and mount some studded tires. Hang on a second. Hang on just a second here. 
I gotta mount some studded tires on my mountain bike uh, because actually studded tires you put lights you put a headlamp a lamp on and some lights and you go out after dark you know at like noon or so and uh especially if it's snowing uh that shit will light you up that shit will get me very excited for these months mm. i have been i've ridden a lot in recent in past years and this year you know, the last two months I ride, I ride to the studio. I'm so driven. It's, it's like, it's become almost like a compulsion. Like I can't not be there and I'm loving it, but it is also like really taking a toll on me. I was going to say this before when you were talking about how much time you're spending there and it's just painting anything you're focused on for that period of time is fucking exhausting. And also, I don't know if people, if it, I, I, I'm going to guess that most of the people listening follow you on social media and are looking at the very tiny things that you are doing and the amount of focus and muscle control that takes. You make me tired. Like, actually, you make me tired. It's I look at your like thing it. and I'm like, oh, my God, he's not going to cut every one of those. Oh, my God, he's cutting every one. I got a jeweler's saw yesterday and I'm able to do these really teeny, teeny little cuts and it's going to be a game changer. But, but to make the number of cuts that I, I'm thinking probably like 25 hours just in making these three tiny little panels and, and that's not even painting them and that's not even doing the electronics that I'm imagining doing and that's there's a lot of fucking pieces going into this one piece and um yeah I got like I was trying to figure it out last night I think I've got a hundred and maybe a hundred and thirty hours hundred and forty hours invested in the three pieces that I've made so far um so it's definitely taken a toll, and but I can't fucking let it go. Like I'm so obsessed. I think maybe I am. Maybe I am obsessed. I don't know. It's good though. It's I think these manias. I have what I call manias, and sometimes I have a mania for riding bikes, and sometimes I have a mania for whatever it is, buying books, or it could be anything. Where I'm just like, oh, I'm over invested but it's all I want to do. And that, mm -hmm. sh that shit will also carry you through a bunch of days. Yeah. I, I would rather, uh, fuck, I don't know. I, maybe I'd rather be, I just, I would rather have balance. Uh, if I'm honest, like I don't feel like I've got balance right now. I, I was riding, uh, I was riding a ton of mountain bikes and I was so in love with it and feeling so good until around the beginning of beginning of October. And then my attention shifted. And, um, I, interestingly, like my right knee, I blew my knee out in April and it felt really good. I had this, I got this bitch embrace for it and I was feeling super confident and I'd been, I was riding better than I have in five or eight years. And, uh, and I had an appointment, I think on the 10th of October with a, uh, with an orthopedic surgeon. And from the day that he told me that my knee was still not looking like it wasn't feeling good and it was shifting all, it's all fucking jiggling the bottom part of my leg around from the top part of my leg. And, it, and it's been bothering me ever since. Like it was so psychosomatic, like to have a doctor say, your shit's fucked. I, I immediately like it flipped all of these switches and I just don't want to. I don't want to engage physically and it hurts and my ankle feels weak. And like, it really, you know, if he'd said, if he knew, I know your legs fucked up, but if he said things are, things are great, you know, but I still want to get in here and take a look and maybe schedule a new MRI or whatever. I would have said, cool, things are great. And I would have just continued charging, but he like, just, it's just really the, the power of the mind is unbelievable. And I have completely, I completely fucked myself by hearing that things weren't good. Mm. Um, and <clears throat> it further justifies like locking myself in a basement and painting because I guess my leg just, just take, cut it off and let me figure out what's next. Yeah. You know, 
like injuries gnarly and and the and the power of the mind to derail one in the face of injury and we had a whole episode about diversification and um what do you do when you're healing and what do you do when you're injured and all of that and i am kind of trying to put my money where my mouth is um i mean i am diversifying i'm just not doing it in a very healthy way if you can't ride mountain bikes you should be painting very tiny luchadors i can ride mountain bikes that's that's the thing like, i know you can changed. because that brace was giving all the structure to your knee that your knee couldn't give to itself you were like 23 skidoo you were all set yeah yeah now i'm just like uh just totally just on and then the weather got cold too and i'm feeling generally uninspired to be on a bike but it'll come back around it always does i'm so psyched Uh, yesterday this was part of my thing yesterday too i went for a quick ride with my friend magna and i was i was i've been sick right so i had no gas in the tank it was a pretty it was the slowest it was the slowest i've ridden mountain bikes in a long time which is fine which is fine i still love that but then afterwards we um we rode around this parking lot and just did bike practice <laughs> just uh-huh. just fucking around for like half an hour 45 minutes and that lit me up just tooling around in the parking lot working on stupid little things god i love that what if you got you find like a like a soda can or a Gatorade bottle or something and you like start flicking that around with your front wheel and then you like turn it into a game and then i mean just being on a bike is is great. And I've often said that I would almost rather like goof around, you know, like you go on a ride, but I was riding with a bunch of people in Santa Cruz at one point and somebody, somebody had pulled this bicycle out of the San Lorenzo river and it was propped up against this wall and it was old and it was like barely there. It was like the spokes were almost all gone. The rubber had all eroded and and washed away. And it was just this rusty, like just, just barely there bicycle. And I stopped and I was looking at that and I was tripping and this woman that we were riding with was like, what is that guy's fucking deal? He's just, is like constantly stopping and like, Oh, look at these pine cones or look at this bike frame or look at this. Like, I'm like, that's why I want to be on a bike is just to, to goof around. Like, I don't want to mash for three hours. I, it's yeah, that's not, that's not fulfilling to me anymore. Like the adventure of, of geeking out on the stuff that you're passing by and birds, or you see a baby bobcat or you like, I don't know, you stop to have a snack or you, I've been riding with a little remote control truck in my bag and then I'll stop and I'll drive that around on a log or whatever. And like that stuff to me, that's the thing. Okay. So that kind of goes into the second question. Is there certain things that are motivating and energizing? What are they? And switching up my program and maybe not going on big, big rides or maybe going out for three or four hours, but, but not even really breaking a sweat, like totally cool. Just going to pretend play bikes. Yeah. Pretend. I don't know. Or, or go and go, go to a museum or go to a fucking slam poetry reading. I don't know. My kid's college dorm is like three blocks from the Museum of Fine Arts. And I keep telling myself I got to spend some time there. Well, well, first, before you do that, see what show is happening, because that could be, you know, that could be real hit or miss. You say, like, I'm going to go to the museum today. And then you go and it's a super shitty show. Well, and then it's just kind of a waste of time. I've been to the MFA a lot. I know a lot about their collections, their permanent stuff. So I know that there's stuff that I can go visit that I really like that will make me feel oh, okay. make me feel good and happy. Yeah. I know to avoid the colonial furniture wing because that's, Ugh. yeah, that's so boring. They got some it's really so... great colonial furniture. If that's your, if that's your thing, I used to get really bored by landscapes until I started painting landscapes and then I got really fired up because they are, it's fucking hard. Right. Painting landscapes is hard and it was a great practice. It was a great exercise, but it like not having ever done it before, I didn't have any interest in it and the colonial furniture and all that shit. Yeah. It's so goddamn boring. Well, this is Boston, right? So we have, we have portraits, we have colonial portraits, you know, where all the, all the, Everyone's like that. You can't see yeah. my eyes. Everyone's like, <laughs> kind of bug eye. Yeah. 
Yeah, looking at the corner of the room. Yeah, they're dressed real nice, but you can tell they smell bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, but they have other things. But so, yeah, museum is a really good call for a nice, quiet, but inspiring thing. Mm-hmm. Um, loud music as ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Even just going, like, I really enjoy, when I was traveling in Europe, I really enjoyed sitting down and drawing and just sitting at a cafe. Mm. Like I, I could kill. I didn't have any money. I mean, I don't have any money now. It's still a totally applicable thing to do. You just sit and you like nurse a coffee for three hours. Like that feels really good to me. Um, going to maybe a, a city that's nearby where you don't, you're not going to run into people you know, and sitting and just listening to like the the music of of the town. You know, not literally, but just the sounds, the yeah, the soundtrack of existence in a place. I don't know. Observation. I think that that just general observation that fires me up. And maybe when when I, I'm feeling particularly tired or particularly out of gas, trying to find inspiration and in just something as elemental and simple as that might be the call. I think that's right. I th- I, before we get to the would you rather, which we need to get to toot sweet here, uh, I just want to tell everyone who is slacking off and sleeping too much and less productive than they were three, four weeks ago, you're still plenty good enough. I love you and you're okay. It's okay. <laughs> just make sure that everything you're doing, you're doing for the almighty dollar. Yeah. Why do you write? Why do you paint? So why do you do that? Are you doing this for a show? What are you doing? Why do you do that? I do it. I do it so I can afford my habit of not snorting cocaine through $20 bills. (laughs) Yeah, if I made money, I'd have too many 20s to do coke through. Yeah, that's right. This is better. Stay poor, stay pure, man. That's right. Uh, Okay, question three. This is one that I saw on the internet that I texted robots some weeks ago. Uh, and then I had to go track it down in a Reddit thread. And this is a particularly vexing one for me because I am so bad with the object in question. Uh, so would you rather go to jail for a year or go to jail with a Rubik's cube and you can leave when it's solved? Um, and so now that I say this out loud, uh, are you going to, you're going to be in jail for, for until it's solved. So it could be five years. You could be in jail for a <laughs> right. decade. Right. Right. Um, I can solve one side. I've that's where, and that takes me a little while. I think, I think I would rather go to jail for a year. Honestly, I'm so bad at Rubik's cubes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I will take the Rubik's cube because I really, I don't think it would take me a year to solve it. I don't. My kid can solve it in like, uh, like a minute or two. Seriously? All yeah. four, six sides? Yeah. I yeah. just don't know. I guess there's a, I've seen like up twice, top uh, counterclockwise. And then there's like, there's like a very specific, um, uh what's the word pattern uh, solution yeah i don't know about that i think that there are what i understand is there are a number of solving strategies i just think that um i think i could probably do it i think i could probably do it in under a month god damn but but you'd be shivved so many times in that month <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, you're um, the fucking Rubik's Cube nerd. Yeah. Stab, stab, stab. Stab, stabby, stab, stab. <laughs> In your face. Um uh, it makes it makes more sense. It makes more sense to go with the Rubik's Cube until it's solved, but holy shit, man. You know, I can see a time where I'd be like, I've been working on this every day for 90 days. And I cannot figure it out. I'm going to be in jail forever. I think the real obstacle for me is that there's a very real risk that I would just smash the Rubik's Cube. That even if even if I was like, you'll be in jail forever, I would get so frustrated that I would just destroy the Rubik's Cube. Mm -hmm. I think you'd go a little bit crazy. Yeah. 
I don't know. Right now, I would definitely take jail. But <laughs> who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I could figure it out. You know, maybe it would not be as vexing as maybe it wouldn't be as complicated as I assume that it would be. But you got nothing better to do than work on. You know, you could work on that thing sixteen hours a day. I oh, just, I'm just gonna bet on terrible. me. I, it feels it feels a little bit like hubris. But I'm going to bet on me in this scenario, and I'm going to take the Rubik's Cube. Okay. Uh, today, I'm going to take jail. Tomorrow, I might take Rubik's Cube. So, that's a good one. I don't like it. Here's your outro. Just like Black Friday sales. And... Our tenuous grip on reality, this show is over. Throw a few bucks in the tip jar at the Cycling Independent. If we amused you and tell your mom we said, sup, girl. On behalf of Cycling Independent and the Revolting Podcast, I'm Steve-O. And I'm Robot. Don't forget to sup, girl. Yeah.